no challenges remaining from the Miami Open finals weekend happening here. Women later today, men tomorrow. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined by one of the people synonymous with media here at the Miami Open for as long as I've been coming here, about 10 years. Harvey Vialkov, good to see you here. Ben, a pleasure. I've covered this tournament for about 30 years. I'm only 39. I was a prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, from the beginning, man, I, I, I was actually a spectator when it first started in Delray Beach. I think Scott Davis, maybe Tim May, I played in the final. But, uh, but over the years, I, I've seen it all, man. I've seen, I'll never forget, Rios against Agassi in the finals, like Davis Cup. Rios became number one after that match. I saw Thomas Mooster. Uh, win a semi and then that night go to Bayside and get run over Yeah, and they had to bring in like an, an exhibition from Fisher Island I forgot who it was now maybe Courier and uh, and then seven years later I think it was Thomas Musta come, makes a comeback wins the Miami, Miami whatever it's called it, Sonny Open Sonny Erickson NASDAQ they still think it should be the Lipton the greatest sponsorship ever they give us free Lipton iced tea and I saw Musta win and become number one, the greatest comeback in the history of tennis. I've seen it all, and now it's here at beautiful, whatever, Dolphin Stadium, Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, it's not, does it have the same ambiance? We'll get into that. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that now. Yeah. So this, this yeah. is the second second time doing this full setup of the stadium inside the stadium. Right. Last year they had the kind of, not this part of the stadium, but just on the outer courts. I wasn't here in person. I don't think many people were here in person last no, year. No. What do you make of, uh, what are the pros and cons of, okay. of, of, of this new setup they have here? Versus Key Biscayne. Okay. Key Biscayne was the best two weeks of my life every year. I had a convertible at that time going over the, Rick, the Rickenbacker Causeway, surrounded by water, to idyllic Key Biscayne. Uh, I was spoiled. I had a credential so I could park at the beach, number four, right across the street from the from the courts. I didn't get shuttled in like the fans. Uh, the South Americans, it made it such a great ambiance. Beautiful women, beautiful men. Also, <laughs> I don't want to get, I don't want to be sexist, but uh, it was just the ambi. And oh, it was the great, it was the best press box in the history of press boxes, Ben. Yeah, I mean, you remember it. We had a TV at every desk, so we saw every court, every closed circuit a court. And you could walk right out into the lower and open bowl. Open up, open up the door, and you're on center court, like the greatest view ever. And I'm sitting next to Bud Collins, my idol, and Pars John Parsons from Britain. God bless him. Both these guys became my friends, especially Bud, sweetest guy on the planet, tennis encyclopedia. It was just a wonderful two weeks of my life. And then they had the media tournament every year. Bud Collins would announce me. He was like my idol. I wanted to be Bud Collins, the greatest job in the history, covering tennis around the world and a travel writer. So he did it all, free restaurants, free hotels, great life the man had. And uh, I won it four or five times, free weekend at the Ritz-Carlton one year. A free sweatshirt one year, Rado sunglasses another. The year I didn't win, Ben, I was telling you, free round trip, the ATP sponsored through American Airlines to any tour stop in the world. That year I came in third. What are you going to do? We, we had it today. I think I might have come in second today. I'm uh, warming up for Alcaraz. I think he's afraid of me. But uh, <laughs> anyhow, listen, I want to congratulate Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins. He kept his tournament in South Florida. The Matheson family owned the land, the Cubist game. Um, not pleased with that family. They didn't want us, they didn't want them to build up Butch Buckholz when he had it, IMG, to build it up and match Indian Wells. Remember, the Lipton or whatever it was called was the, like the fifth Grand Slam unofficially. Indian Wells usurped that. 
because Larry Ellison of Oracle, the billionaire, yeah. made it so beautiful for all the players and the fans. And they wanted to do that in Key Biscayne, but Matheson would not let him do it. They lost the court battle. Stephen Ross saved the tournament. He put a tennis tournament, a Masters 1000, in a parking lot. So I congratulate him. The outside courts are beautiful. They added a few, Butch Buckholz court. I love it. But the stadium court still lacks the ambiance of Key Biscayne. Yeah, I think I feel like the uh, especially this side we're on. So we're basically three. Anyone who's seen this, three sides of it are sort of temporary built up on this scaffolding kind of stuff. Right. And actually, I think those sides are actually all pretty good. I think the problem is this fourth side that's built into into the permanent part of of the football stadium here. Previously, Joe Robbie, I went here when it was the Orange Bowl. No. Uh, Joe Robbie, it's South Virginia Tech and yeah. Nebraska one year. Jimmy Buffett's uh, beer, well, Landshark Stadium one year. Yeah, exactly. But but uh, but just the slope of the seats is all wrong. Like you're, we're t- way too far away from right. the court. It's not nowhere near steep enough to get a good view for tennis, which you have to really look down at to see the lines and everything. It just doesn't. It doesn't work. It's and better than it was last year. Somehow they they moved the court. They shifted the court. It's on the field now. No. So it's better than it was last year. I do admit that. But it's still too far away. The suites are not nearly like a Key Biscayne. Man, that suite over. Look, you're on top of the center no. court. It was just an amazing. Difference, uh, but listen, they kept it here. I don't want to knock it. I congratulate Stephen Ross. It's a beautiful tournament. You still got the greatest tennis players in the world coming here. This year we missed a few of them, but uh, it still was a great tournament. And it's pretty centrally located. I mean, it hits a lot more. It's easier for people in Fort Lauderdale, for, for oh. Paul Beach County, like the, the commutes and descent location. Because Key Biscayne could take a long time to get Access, on and off that in road. in and out, yeah. much easier off the turnpike or yeah. for I take the university through the streets. Yeah. So I live like 15 minutes away. Much easier in and out access. Key Biscayne, the traffic was unbearable. As someone who covered it for 30 years, we kind of knew shortcuts. We'd go early and eat at this donut uh, breakfast place that the great Edwin Pope from the Miami Herald discovered. So me and the legendary Stephen Wine from AP mm-hmm. used to meet there early on weekend, especially on finals weekend. And uh, so we would circumvent uh, the traffic problem. So what, what does tennis mean to this part of the world, Southeast Florida? What, what does tennis mean, mean here? Well, I think it's the hotbed in the, in the entire world. I mean, unfortunately, the newspapers didn't feel that way, and they don't give it the coverage it deserves uh, based on clicks, you know, the new world that they base their advertising on, which I always disagreed with. I think golf fans and tennis fans are mo- mo- mostly affluent. I hate to say that. That's true. Uh, and they will still pay for advertising. They're not necessary click people. So I feel like the newspapers blew that. And they give horrible coverage now to Delray Beach Open, which is a wonderful ATP 250 every year, right before this in February. Where, by the way, Hercots trumpeted his arrival last year, and then yeah. he wins the Miami Open. The guy was 14-0 in Florida until last night when he ran into Alcaraz, the, the next uh, Rafa. But, and also, every academy is here. Uh, Nick Saviano was in my home course in Plantation for years, at Veltry Tennis Center. Now he's at the JCC in, in Cooper City. Uh, Harold Solomon has an academy in Fort Lauderdale. Rick Macy, the let- who got famous from King Richard, like he needs that. He's got an <laughs> academy at South County Regional Park, and he started at Lavers in Delray for years. That's where he, he coached the Williams sisters. Um, they're everywhere. Gary Kessel used to be here. So many, Pro World has a tennis academy. So a lot of the, the foreign, the South Americans, the Europeans, they move here. The Russians all come here yep. and train here. Sharapova went to, I guess, Bradenton. 
yeah. and they all started Boletaries. So, so many, so many young players and so many retired players just wound up in Florida. I was talking to somebody. Yes. I was up in Boca yesterday doing a couple of interviews, and someone was like, "Oh yeah, Sebastian Grosjean lives over there." I was like, "Wow, I, I had no idea that obviously this French tennis the, player would live in, in Boca, but also it makes yeah. complete sense." That, so you know, many French players live in Boca Raton. The French yeah. uh, enclave. Uh, Ivo Karlovic is in Plantation. Riley Opelka was in Del Rey. Kevin Anderson moved to Del Rey after he won Del Rey. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fun little town, Del Rey. It used to be like where old Jews used to go to die. And now it's like the most revitalized little city in the world. Atlantic Avenue is hopping. All ages, guys. It's great. It's great. But uh, So, no, South Florida is still the mecca for tennis, for junior tennis. I umpire on the weekends. They still pay me to watch tennis. I love it. And I umpire at all levels. From one to five, one to six juniors. You know, one is almost like Orange Bowl, and I cover that every year too for the Miami Herald and the Orange Bowl Committee and the Junior Orange Bowl. And uh, so, uh, junior tournaments. Every week, there's like four junior tournaments. There's a shortage of umpires. If anyone out there wants to be a tennis umpire, a roving umpire, just sign up and you can become one. And they pay you pretty good money. It's good for retirees, semi-retirees like me who freelance write. I still freelance for the Herald, the Post, for this uh, African-American magazine called Onyx in, in, uh, in uh, not Jupiter, but, you know, it's that Florida. Uh-huh. And, um, and I'm also now going to be writing for Tea Times, a golf publication. Nice. So uh, they still they keep bringing me back, baby. <laughs> you're, you're, where does your enthusiasm for tennis come from? Because I hope, I hope people can sense how contagious uh, it is. I, you're I, just having when you're in the present. You can tell you're having the time of your life while you're here. This is like they can't believe they pay me to watch tennis. I play tennis four times a week. I'm a fading four or five. You know the body's going, but the mind's still there. Uh, I watch it. I write it. I, my wife doesn't see me during Grand Slams. I'm watching. I get up at three in the morning. I tape the Australia, and I watch it at six in the morning, like like it's live. Uh, Wimbledon, forget it. Two weeks up when it was on HBO. Remember the days I was in HBO. I, I bought HBO for just two weeks of the year. No, I'm a tennis fanatic. I started when I was 18. I got. I was the Borg McEnroe years, you know. I wanted to be beyond Borg. I had long blonde hair. I had the headband. I had Borg Bancroft rackets. I spoke with a Swedish accent. <laughs> For sure, I hit the ball good. No, so I, I just, uh, Connor's years, McEnroe, I, I just loved those years. Chrissy and Martina. I became a friend of Chrissy Martina. Chrissy Everett, I mean. I covered the pro celeb every year. When Mary Pierce was... Uh, being like hounded by a father, he had a restraining order. Yeah. I scooped it because he snuck on the grounds. I scooped it, and I, the cops had to come and take him away. I, I interviewed Chevy Chase there, and Linda Crystal, and Linda Evans, and Buddy Hackett, and President Bush yeah. at Pro at Christie's tournaments. And the, one of the biggest honors of my life when Jimmy Everett, God bless him, died a few years ago. Uh, he had that Holiday Park. That was where he taught Chrissy and Claire and Jeannie, the whole family who've all won Orange Bowl and Junior Orange Bowl tournaments. Amazing family. John Everett and Chrissy called me to write the dad's obituary for the Sun Sentinel. Oh, wow. One of the biggest honors of my career. And I went to the wake and everyone like was you know, proud of me. And uh, it was a very uh, crowning moment to my career that John and Chris Everett uh, had the faith in me to write that dad's obituary. So you've been with tennis, like I said, some sort of those glory days in the 70s, 80s. Yeah. What do you think about the tours now, where they're at? What do you think of the current sort of products on, on the tours? It's rolling through Miami. I think, uh, okay, I think the men's game improved about 20 years ago when they slowed the courts. They slowed all the surfaces down. They probably sped up uh, Roland Garros because people were getting tired at Wimbledon of 
serve, and the point was over. Yeah. Serve and volley, point over. Remember, uh, even if it's years. It's tough to watch. If you watch their old matches, they're not entertaining no, at all. Not. The Sampras years, that's rough. No, it's, rough it's to watch. serve. It's yeah. serving. That's why it was, the contrast was always good. Borg, McEnroe, Sampras, Agassi, because you had their baseline against the serving volley. But when you had two serving volleyers, Ben, it was boring. It was a snooze. I got into women's tennis more. Stephanie Graf years and Zabatini and Sellis and Martina Hingis. I loved her game. That's pe- I think people kind of discount that in terms of part of why women's tennis got so big late 90s, early 2000s when the Hingis and the Williamses were coming up. Part of why they're doing so well, I think, yeah. as they test the out calls on the stadium court, <laughs> maybe you can hear, is uh, is that the men's game was really boring at that time. There yes. was a lot of space for the women to, to grab the grab the stage. But then I think they have slowly gone the other way. I think the courts are starting to speed up uh, a, a little bit. Like they start, they're pretty actually, slow here. They're, yeah, they're slow, slow here. Yeah. But you get more rallies. Yeah. But I do believe that they did a good thing recently by making all the tiebreakers the same and all the grand slams. Because, okay. listen, I love tennis, but I have trouble watching a five-hour match on clay. I mean, I think I that's did. the best of five, probably more than a tiebreak problem. Yes, yeah. Also, yeah, you're yeah. correct, but also clay, slow yeah. clay. Yeah. Uh, I do. Sometimes I think that the first week of Grand Slam should be two out of three. The second week should be three out of five for the men. I know this would get me in trouble. I love women's tennis. Two out of three should be equal pay. I just don't understand how three out of five is equal pay. I don't understand it. It's equal pay for equal labor, right? Well, the men are playing five hours, the women are playing an I hour. I, I just think, don't think it's right. I think that's the men's problem more than the women's. I think the men, if they look over, especially because the women get to add, especially like Venus and Serena at their peaks, we're not only winning equal prize money for the singles, they're also adding the doubles check on top of that. And so most, a lot of years, yes. Serena would win singles and doubles at Wimbledon or Venus a couple of times. And walk away with way more money than the men's champ got because it's prohibitive to play doubles when you're playing the best of five. You can't. The top no, guys are not adding. No, it. exhausting. So, so anyways, I think yeah. If the men, if the men want to no. feel bad about that, they can play best of three. But men's doubles, I like the fact they go to the third set, ten point breaker. Now, yeah. um, I love doubles. I love watching the Bryan brothers. The funny thing is that they're considered the greatest doubles team of all time. Uh, but McEnroe Fleming probably would have beat them, but because the, the great players did not play doubles, right. and I do, I also don't like the whole thing about the most Grand Slams is the greatest player ever. We know Borg, McEnroe, Connors, Chrissy. They 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 didn't play uh, Australia. It was during Christmas. Americans didn't go there. It wasn't considered one of the big four. So, I, I, but it is a fair. Uh, estimate now, uh, you know, with the big three, between the big because they yeah. all play there. They That's all apples there. to apples. Yeah, now it is. Now it but, is. But, but with like Serena and Margaret Court, it's not. No, Margaret Court played. She won. How about twelve of them over there? I don't know. You would know better than me. How many did she win over there? I think she eleven. Eleven uh, Australian yeah, Open. Come on. Small draws. Not many people showing up. Mark Edmondson won the Australian Open. Um, so yeah. many guys you never heard of. But anyhow, we digress. The men's game right now, I love it. I do love it. I love it. Uh, the Tsitsi Passes of the world. Um, Alcaraz, this kid's going to be a legend. We're witnessing the birth of a legend here. What, what do you see in Alcaraz? He's a big story this week. So what do you make of Alcaraz? Listen, he has, they compare him to Rafa, but there's no comparison other than vamos! <laughs> and, uh, and and he's got that competitive fire. He wants to win every point, every game. And, and, he's, also, and he's fearless like Rafa. He goes for it like Djokovic does as well. I do admit that. But, uh, but other than that, he has... He, Ben, I've never seen a player at 18 who has no discernible weakness, and every one of his shots is a weapon. Yeah. Maybe not a second serve. That's the only thing. Maybe, but it's a good second serve. It's everything, and he has a drop shot as good as I've ever seen, and he does it in tiebreakers when the chips are down, when he's gutsy, when he needs it. He has a beautiful, he knows when to serve. He has a high tennis IQ. Yeah. He knows when to serve in volley. The kid has it all. And he has so much charisma. Crowds are adoring next, him. Yeah. 
charismatic. He, you don't have that now on the tour. I mean, Francis Tiafo does have charisma, Tiafo, but he doesn't really have the game yet. I think it's evolving. I do like Francis's. He does have weapons. Mm-hmm. His backhand is is shaky. Uh, Nick Kyrgios, he's like that car wreck on car I-95. You can't take your eyes off him because you don't know what you're going to miss, but he could also explode at any time as he did this week. I thought Carlos Bernardes overreacted with a penalty point in the tiebreaker. I think Nick was right about that. But overall, when you when you scratch it against the backboard over and over again, eventually you're going to get caught. I mean, Nick is, Nick's playing with fire constantly. Yes. Like, whether whether or not like that yes. one call was was fair or not, like right. I just don't have a lot of Nick is is doing himself no in. does himself no favors at all. It's yeah, a shame. I, like yes, in isolation, that one comment was probably not worth a code violation right. that he made to his box, but. The totality of his sort of misbehavior and constantly pushing the envelope and whatever you want to call it, like he has it coming in a lot of ways. He's so, a wise guy. Yeah. He's, he just uh, he just wants to entertain, and then when it doesn't go his way, he's a baby. I hate to say it, he is. I just wish players like Kyrgios and Sloan had the fire in the belly, so I think both could be dominant players. Sloan has everything, but you, listen, they have a great life. They're making a lot of money. They have wonderful uh, relationships uh, on and off the court now. They've had some mental issues, all of them, including uh, Naomi Osaka, I know you're writing the book about. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I hope they all do well mentally. They have therapists now that help them. It is a tough life for anybody. You're touring the world alone. Uh, some of the time, you don't have support systems on the road sometimes. Some, the lesser players can't afford an entourage. Yeah. So they're alone. They're eat, I remember pros used to tell me they're eating tuna fish out of a can in crappy hotels if they didn't have the right sponsor. That's why a lot of people quit early, unless you're in the top 50, you know? So it's a rough life, but it's a good life once you're in the top 50. You mentioned Osaka there. What do you make with the women's side? We're we're recording this before the finals. It'll probably come out after the finals. But Osaka, Sviantec in the final. What do you make of of each of them, what they're doing? Listen, I'm really sad about Ash Barty's retirement. That was a shock at the beginning of this tournament. 25. Two-time defending champion, even just within this tournament. Right. Yeah. Dom- dominating. She was dominating, and not with the really powerful game, but the beautiful variety game. Slices and spins and a good doubles player, so she had net game. She reminded me of Martina Hingis with her angles, and she got her stuff together. She took a hiatus when she was, like, young. What did she play? Rugby? What did she play? Cricket? Oh, cricket. What, cricket, cricket? Yeah. A great athlete. Now she could play professional golf. Her fiancé is a golfer. And listen, she she hates. She's a homebody. She hated leaving Australia. It's a tough travel. I think the pandemic had a lot to do with why she retiring early. Unlike others, I do not believe she's going to come back. I think she's happy. I think she's she, content. She accomplished everything. Number one for three years, a year ending. Serena and Venus didn't even do. I think year ending three years in a row. Venus never did. Venus definitely not because Venus no. only, Venus only ever spent eleven weeks at number one. Right. She, Serena passed her right away. I don't think Serena. Serena, 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 Serena would have gotten ending? three. Year ending. Three in a row. I don't think so. Maybe not three in a row, but definitely cumulative so. more than three over time. Yes. Maybe not three in a row. Uh, I have to check that. But but the the successes were seeing the successes. Osaka before. She had some mental issues. She was dominating. She was number one. And then when she got beat by Benchik a few years ago, she went to number two and went down after that, and Barty took over. So uh, now we're seeing a new one. Iga Suyatat crowned at this tournament. She'll be number one on Monday. Uh, she's right now a uh, Polish young lady. She's fun to watch. She's, she's got a little charisma. She's got uh, athleticism. She's got a whipping forehand. Top spin reminds me of Jack Sock a little bit mm. with the spin revolution. Uh, she's an all-court player. Nice serve. And Osaka, we got the marquee final. To me, Osaka, she was unseated. She's the only unseated finalist, uh, I think, other than Kim Kleisters 
who won this in 2005 as a 38-ranked player. She will be the lowest-ranked player ever to be in the final and maybe to win at 77, which we know is misleading. This is the final we wanted. I think Osaka has the power and the, the serves to handle sweet attack, but she has to keep her, her composure together. And I'm, I'm so happy she recovered from that Indian Wells heckling situation. She's yeah. been happy, composed in her interviews and talking about her diet and her, uh, the music she listens to, sad music, which I don't understand why she listens to sad music. Cheer up, Naomi. You're wealthy and you're playing tennis for a living. Uh, so listen, women's tennis is in good hands. Oh, I, I can't wait till uh, Andrescu comes back. Yeah. She was on her way when she had some issues, health and mental. I hope she'll, she will turn soon. Sakari is excited. She reminds me of Emily Maresmo with the muscles and yeah. the power. And she's got an all-court game. So women, and we still have the old-times Kvitova, who still has serve, has a Wimbledon game, serve and volley game. So, no, there's some good players out there. Young Americans, Jessa Pagula, God bless her, made it to the semis, semis of a, of a mass. ATP 1000, uh, WTA 1000. And listen, her father owns the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Sabres. She's playing in enemy territory in Dolphins Field, <laughs> and she had the time of her life. She, she lives in Boca Raton, about 20 minutes from here. But listen, this I have nothing but respect for Jessica Pagula. Her father's a billionaire. She doesn't have to play anything, work any for a day in her life. And she is 28, I believe, and finally is getting to the top 20, and she's had injuries. And this girl is a, a wonderful player and a wonderful person. And I can't wait to see what she could do next. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last thing, you mentioned a couple Americans yeah. there. American tennis is not at its high watermark right now for sure. There's only one in the men's women's top ten. That's uh, Daniel Collins having right. some injury issues off and on. She just pulled out of Charleston after her, uh, her, her neck. She said she had a viral illness that's causing like neck right. continual stiffness. Um, so she's had a few different health problems after her great start of the year, making a shine up in final tough breaks. Great year last year. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Great. So tough, tough break for her to kind of get sidelined when she's really gaining, yes. gaining steam. Um, what? How important is it that American tennis, men's and women's, and obviously Taylor Fritz just won Indian Wells, which is a really recent high Huge. watermark for the Huge. for American men. But how how important is it for you as someone trying to trying to you know convince papers to cover the sport that uh, that Americans are relevant in, yeah. in top level tennis? That is the problem. We needed an American man to be in the top three, top five, for newspapers to be interested. Unfortunately, no matter how great Serena Venus was a long time ago, but Serena recent years, it didn't it didn't really sell papers. And I don't know why, because I love women's tennis and Serena was dominant. It just didn't it didn't get the clicks on the internet. So, but men's tennis would around the world. You see how popular it is in Canada and Europe and South America. It's still like the number two sport besides you know, soccer or football. So um, we just need an American man. I, I, Taylor Fritz, he's got the serve and he's got the confidence now. He's got the ground strokes. I just hope that he can crack the top ten very soon. He's getting close. Yeah. I think we have eight players in the top 40, which is better than we've had in years. It's probably the most of any nationality. We just don't have anyone in the top 10. Top 20, we've got uh, Riley Opelka. Unfortunately, like John Isner, I don't think these seven-foot guys could win slams. It's, it's too much in their body. They play five sets one day, and they don't have it the next day. Uh, Isner has shown that. They don't make it to the second week of slams. I think it's their size. Um, uh, who else do we like uh, besides Taylor? Uh, Tommy Brooksby. Paul. Yeah. Bro Bro yes, Jensen Brooksby. Perfect, Ben. 
This kid is quirky. He's kooky. He should have been defaulted early in this tournament. <laughs> yeah. Threw his racket, almost nailed a ball boy. I think he grazed his foot. He did hit his foot, yeah. Yeah, he only, he only got a point penalty. He apologized profusely afterwards. He's a good kid. He's got every ground stroke. He matches anyone on the ground strokes and his speed around the court. Intelligent player. He doesn't have a serve. Andy Roddick said he could teach him a serve in three days. Brooksby, go meet Andy in L.A. Get a serve, and you will be a top 10 player. Give me another one. Give me another. Uh, uh, Tommy Paul, I don't think he has top 30, top 20. Mention Tiafo. Corda. Corda's doing oh, really well. Oh, thank you. Peter Corda's son. We adopted him. I know he's Czech parents through and through, but he grew up in, born in Bradenton, I believe. Yep. Uh, this kid's got the game. Sebastian Corda. He went out earlier than expected this week. He got a couple. He made like third round. He did okay. Yes, but he's better than that. He had better Indian Wells. And I believe this kid will be top 10 within two years. Was he 21 or 20? Yeah, yeah. Listen, comes from great stock. Peter won the Australian Open, did the scissor kick. We love Peter. His sisters are top golfers on the tour. One was number one in the world. One was like top 10. I mean, what a family. I want them to adopt me. I'd be the best writer in the world. <laughs> on that note, Harvey, thank you. Very, Harvey Bialko Corda, well, add the name to, add, name to you already. Thank you very much for uh, for sharing your your contagious enthusiasm for all this. It's always a delight seeing you down here. Thanks, and, Ben. Uh, Great seeing you, man. Good luck with the book. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs>